Hello, tentative listener. We're looking for well-rounded designers to join our teams in Austin, Boston, London, New York, Raleigh, and San Francisco who are interested in growing their design and consulting skill set over time. As a designer at ThoughtBot, you collaborate with developers and clients to turn ideas into great products that people love to use and help grow successful businesses. ThoughtBot works with companies in every step of the process to help identify and solve problems. We lead and participate in product design sprints, build high-quality apps, and then deploy them. We use emerging and effective technologies and methods on both internal and client projects. We believe there is a better way to work, and we want to find it and share it with as many people as possible. Visit ThoughtBot.com jobs to learn more about working at ThoughtBot and to apply. You sound far away. I am far away. <laughs> so far away. Should I record that? <clears throat> to myself. Is this the one? In my hand. That one. In my hand again. Leave life bleeding. Fuel. Who sings that? Fuel. Fuel? Hemorrhage is the name of the song. Oh, I thought you said hemorrhoids. <laughs> Me and Tom we are going to do, do a podcast where he just sings to me. <laughs> yeah, I was saying, I asked Tom if he was going to do a podcast with you. This thing won't go up. This mic stand's busted. You weren't truthful in your constable post about what it's like to record. What are you talking about? Because it's like 15 minutes of like adjust <laughs> the background, you sound far. That's all included. <laughs> I can't wait till like a full 100% of the people recording are outside of my control. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds horrible. Come back soon. So, yeah, I am taking a little break. Mm -hmm. Hashtag self-care, hashtag (laughs) wedding plus honeymoon plus self-care. So I'll be back in November. I'll be gone till November. So we might have some some unusual and new voices on the podcast. That's true. Certainly unusual. Certainly new. Or we just won't or, publish. Po- or maybe I'll just go on rants by myself. You just do a series of commercials. Different voices. Yeah, that'd be great. You already told me I'm not allowed to listen to Tentative while I'm away, so I'm not going to be yep. able to hear any of your voices, but I trust that they'd be really good. Maybe maybe I won't even be on the podcast. Oh my God, Kyle. You sent a little note today to the team asking if anyone wants to be a couple of co-hosts for a little yeah, while. To, to fill our shoes. Yeah, I'm curious what other people, how they will, what they will talk about. That's exciting news. And I expect to be back with plenty of stories about, I don't know. Self-care hashtags and wedding hashtags. Yeah, different soaps I've tried, you know, maybe some lotion, some different shampoo. That's pretty much my priority. Hair care. Hair care? (laughs) (laughs) That's what self-care is. It's just hair care. I have a lot of hair. (laughs) Whenever I think I'm done, it just, I'm not. It's always a new, there's always a new thing. Yeah. So what should we talk about since this is the last one for like months on months? We have to go out with some sort of bang, you know? Okay. Like something crazy. Well, I was, (laughs) I was going to propose we talked about self-care 
That doesn't sound crazy, though. I've been taking a course on happiness on Coursera. Oh, this is perfect. That's nice. Apparently, it's one of the most popular classes at Yale. My wife pointed me to it, and we're taking it together. But I've learned a bunch of things already. Like what? How screwed up our society is, and our brains are. Mm. Okay. But also starting to learn how to combat those things. I've on again, off again, written in a journal. And one of the pieces of advice, and she backs us up with science slash like research, is instead of just writing about my day, writing about things that were fulfilling in my day or that I'm grateful about during my Mm. day. And apparently that's supposed to make me happier. The other thing that I do inconsistently is meditate. Mm -hmm. And that is also one of the suggestions that I'm inconsistent about. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's amazing how much our, like, just the human brain sort of leads us into paths of unhappiness. Yeah, I think about this a lot, you know, and I, I try to practice gratitude every day to do what I have. a I have a little journal that is ex- specifically for that. I got to make time. I got to like make the headspace and time for it in the morning. I need to account for that. You know, that's one thing I'm hoping for this time off that I have to start building like really good habits Yeah, in that way. You should read Atomic Habits. It's very okay. good at like sort of explaining how to build small habits. Hmm. I think for me, a lot of a lot of those habit building things are just setting aside the time. Mm-hmm. So I've set aside the time right before I go to bed to do those things. And the times when I don't is like when I do other stuff and it encroaches on that time. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I have a reminder at 10 o'clock every night to, to like do a little check-in about the day. Mm-hmm. That is something I, I want to do more, just saying what I'm grateful for. It's been an interesting like reprogramming of my brain a little bit since I moved away from where I grew up. Because I've moved two years ago now. Dude, two years. That is crazy to me. And I was able to now feel out the kind of person I am who I am that's outside of where I grew up, meaning that I feel like I had a chance now to kind of define that and make some choices and stick with them. And and I realized not living in New York anymore, I mean, that was it was such a shock to me to kind of get used to. Because so much of my identity was wrapped up in living there. Like a lot of the stuff I just kind of was assumed because I lived in Brooklyn for so long. Like I was just kind of part of that hustle and bustle. Of course I did things this way. Of course this is this way. Of course I feel that way because this, this, this. And like getting rid of those factors just kind of left me with, no, I don't I don't have to feel any certain way. <laughs> I'm not stressed out on my commute anymore. Like <laughs> What is this new feeling I have? I have energy when I get home? That's crazy. <laughs> so it was like a weird readjustment from leaving there. It's sort of nice to have those readjustments. And as we grow older, they're sort of built in, those these like drastic changes. My daughter is just starting high school. And it's another like drastic change for her. And it gives her the opportunity to kind of do that. And unfortunately, like when we're that young, we don't realize about the opportunities of like 
before you go to high school, before you go to college, before you go into the workforce. And maybe every time you, you change your job, you have these like opportunities to sort of redefine who you are, what your values are, and who you want to be. That's a really good point. And when you're in high school, you don't necessarily think that. No. <laughs> it really only started when I, when I left for college. And I was like, ooh, I'm, I can like dye my hair if I want. No one's going to know who I am. This is exciting. And I, of course, I didn't dye my hair. We talked about this, Kyle. Self, self-hair care. Self-hair so. care? Is if dyeing your hair my hair, it good? would fall out. Oh, it's great. But, but for me, my hair is too dry. It was just, it would just turn into scarecrow hair and just fall out. <laughs> so oh, no. just, that's probably not a thing I should do. But yeah, you're right. Like taking advantage of those little opportunities and moments. You know, I kind of feel that way when I'm starting new projects all the time, mm-hmm. especially when I was solely a designer. But even now as a director, when I'm writing proposals and stuff for potential engagements, I take every new one as like an opportunity to do a little bit better than I did last time. And especially on projects right. when I was fully on a, on client work, every time a new, a new project would start, um, I was like, okay, I can now change it up a little bit. Like, think about the last engagement, what went really well that I want to keep doing, what, what was confusing, what didn't really, what didn't go very well, what were points that now I can change. And that's really been a helpful way to just kind of continue to evolve and grow as a designer and as a consultant. Yeah, I think each one of those gives us new opportunities to build habits, different habits. Mm-hmm. And so we can look at the habits that we had on the last project or the habits that we had in high school or the habits that we had in college and say, like, was this good for us? And reflect on that and say mm-hmm. yes or no. And also say, essentially, like, what are the habits that I want to build into this new project, this new opportunity, this yeah. new me? I think it's important to, to treat each new project you're on as an opportunity to, to change and grow, mm-hmm. like actively doing that. Even when it comes to like writing code, let's say, you know, one project to the next, sometimes we're just so different in in terms of better, just learning a new thing, learning a new way of naming something like BEM. (laughs) I learned that by pairing with a designer in an afternoon and it completely changed forever how I how I wrote CSS and then using that in the next project and then. And then learning oh, for the next one, like, oh, I got to do this differently. This is actually not working out. And then like trying new things, like it's really cool that you can do that, especially with consulting. It just certainly allows us to iterate on how we do things in the best way and the best way we think we can do them. And sort mm-hmm. of how a lot of my interest in Jobs to be Done came around, it was just like using the same sort of user stories, having a slight understanding of Jobs to be Done, and just saying like, why don't we try this new thing on this new project? Mm-hmm. I think without having that clean slate, it would have been a lot harder. Same thing happened with Design Sprints. It was every few months we have new projects coming in the door, and why don't we try this thing? It sounds like it could be beneficial for our clients. And let's start with this one, test and see how it goes. And it went well. So let's do it on the next one. Let's let's change it a little bit because we learned this thing about this design sprint and it would probably apply to this client too. I love experimenting with that stuff. I love just trying out new things and hey, we keep wondering if this would work. 
So let's stop wondering and let's just start seeing if it would just work. Just start doing it. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. one of the things that you had me look over a contract today and uh, it had me thinking because you were suggesting doing a bunch of research going into the design sprint, which I think now hopefully we're doing across the board at least like mm-hmm. a day's worth of interviews that too came through iteration. We used to jump right into the design sprint. And we started realizing point. how much value there is in just taking at least a day to multiple days of, of research before you, we dive into that design sprint. And that, that slowly evolved from, I remember writing a proposal like last year that just was like, hey, if they if they want an MVP that's really fully like highly tested and you know, kid tested, mother approved. <laughs> um, <laughs> if they want something like that, a, a five day thing is not going to do that. We need more time. And so I remember I was part of multiple rounds of testing and iteration after the sprint and bumping that out to two weeks. It was great. I mean, our assumption was that this would give us more information and it definitely did, you know, and now we've evolved to the point where now we're pushing for research before the sprint too. I mean, it helps a lot with those conversations at the beginning of a sprint when you're with people in a room and especially for clients who have not necessarily done much research, then it's really this person's word against theirs. We're all just assuming now. (laughs) So we have like a hundred billion more assumptions than we would if we had just done research beforehand, we can cut these in half, you know? Mm. Yeah, and you know, eventually with that proposal, I just took out the other approach in there because I was thinking, I was like, this is not enough time (laughs) for what they want to do, and we can talk about it later. But it's it's been cool. Yeah, it's it's cool to to try out new things and new ways of of approaching problems. Back to self care. Do you have like plans for this break to like start building some new habits? Yeah, you know. I'm really excited for the wedding next weekend. It's been like two and a half years plus in the making. So I'm I'm excited to do that. And after that, we're going to be on our honeymoon for a little while. And my my plan, too, when I come back, you know, I'll be in Boston again end of September. And I haven't really, since I moved here, had a... I never made the time to get acquainted with, with Boston with New York, you know, I, I was there for school when I first moved there. So I had a lot of free time. So I would walk around all the time throughout the city and just see things and, and get to know it better. And so one of the things I'd like to do is just do that and just kind of really appreciate it. And what we said before, too, you know, I'd love to get into a meditation routine. I'd love to I want to take some classes in terms of like either exercise or just kind of try out some things I've been meaning to try out that's been kind of difficult to do given my current schedule and just kind of seeing what I like, what I don't, and then finding a way to carry that through, you know, the rest of the year. But definitely daily gratitude. That's something I really want to get into the habit of doing. And I think in general, I'll just be... As you mentioned, you're taking this course on happiness. Like, that's my ultimate goal is to just increase all of that and just be a more just happier, more grateful person. And well, I've then been you should actively take the course. <laughs> I know, I know. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I've been actively trying and I've been doing a good job at this, personally speaking, of being more present and in the moment and trying not to let my, my anxious brain wander into like the future because that's kind of sometimes where I get stuck. I think the honeymoon would be a good place to be present for sure. And of course the <laughs> wedding, but like, you know, my, my, I have my, my grandmother, my Mimi, she's like 97. And I was talking to her about the wedding and the honeymoon. And I was like, I can't wait to go on the honeymoon. It's going to be so great. And she's like, stop saying you can't wait. You need to just cherish the moments you have right now in front of you. <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> you're right. But this is just the thing people say. <laughs> <laughs> I can wait. <laughs> so now I've just been, I've been saying I, I can wait for that. <laughs> it's a really weird feeling getting annoyed at like your 97 year old grandmother. I feel like you're just not allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel myself yeah. getting warm and I'm like, don't, this is not necessary. She's fine. She's wonderful. She's so sweet. She's just trying to drop some knowledge on you. Yeah. What are your hopes for the fall? Ugh, vomit. I hate that. So I hate when summer ends. <laughs> sort of already ended. My kids are going to school. Oh, wow. It feels like summer's done. I, I don't know. I don't know what my hopes are. I'm doing a workshop. Yes. What is this workshop? Practical applications of jobs to be done. Whoa. For designing successful applications or successful products. Is that all products. part of the title? Yeah. I something wrote like a that. really long title. <laughs> I didn't edit it, so that's why it's, yeah. it's still there. That's sort of the big thing. Uh, I'm just going to talk through how I've used jobs to be done on projects. Uh, things like the switch interviews that we've talked about on this podcast. Like the results of those switch interviews. So... You know, like coming out with a jobs persona and the forces diagram. And mm. one of the things that I typically use in at the beginning of our design sprints, which is a job statement instead of a problem statement. And then the jobs stories that we just sort of talked about. So just like how, how I've applied the theory of jobs to be done, which can be kind of lofty and weird and hard to like, take from a theory and, and apply it to day-to-day -day work and yep. kind of talking through how I do it. Cool. I love it. That's going to be fun. Yeah. So that's, that's the big thing. Nice. When's your happiness course end? I don't really know. I'm on week five yeah. though. I just finished week cool. four. I'm, I'm a little behind. Apparently like I could get a certificate from Coursera. Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, in happiness. I was going to say, unfortunately, I don't think they can certify my happiness. No, it's for like if you're, they give you college credit for it or something like that. Wow, that's so cool. It is cool, but I don't necessarily care about the college credit. <laughs> I'm beyond that. You could be a happiness major and then you'll have credits for it. Honestly, like if I went back to college, that sounds like it would be fun, fun to do. It be sounds like you shouldn't go major. back. To right? college. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. happiness. You know, they should have those professors in school. We should have more of that, of like daily habits and more like prep for things. You know, when I left <laughs> college, I just did Yeah, like I immediately felt not prepared, even though I was in school my whole life. But that's the point. I was in school my whole life. 
And then they're like, all right, well, bye. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> and I was like, oh, crap. There's no automatic change now in four years from now. Like, I have to make all those myself unless I just pop back into school and then I'll be back into some system that I'm familiar with, you know, which I almost did, but I was in so much debt at that point. I was like, I can't have more. <laughs> I need to like try and chip away at this right now. Yeah. Those, those life courses would have been nice. Like yeah, how to have a budget and how to yes. find a job and how to be happy. <laughs> how to be happy yeah. would have been a nice one like a long time ago. Yeah, instead I was learning about, you know, chemical bonds, which is great, fine, but I'm not sitting here, you know, at night wondering about oxidation and and what was the formulation that's formaldehyde in one way and then not in another? Like I don't remember. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, I'm there's so thinking, much like, that I forgot from <laughs> middle school and high school and college. Yeah. I mean, the only thing it taught me was how to remember stuff quickly. And how to learn, so hopefully. That's, that's great. Hopefully it yeah. taught you how how you learn. <laughs> yeah, I can learn stuff really quickly. So at least that's that's what school did. So thanks, mm-hmm. school. That's definitely valuable. But I feel like when we when we help with consulting here and like help teach and help guide people, like I feel like that is where a lot of that stuff comes in, in terms of how to talk to and read people and interact with them and how to work with other people. That's something that you don't necessarily learn in school, especially because school is such a competitive, well, some at least are, and if you're in that mindset, school is a very competitive environment, can be a very competitive environment. So when you get into the workforce, it's not about, it's sure, yeah, be competitive, it's okay, but... You also need to learn how to work with other people if you want to get anywhere. You know, that's very invaluable experience. Collaboration is important. Do you feel like you've been, you've become a better collaborator? Like what was, what were you like 10 years ago in terms of a collaborator? I think I was a good one. I don't know. I've (laughs) I've never been super competitive unless I'm in a sport. Okay. What sport? water polo i used to play soccer and baseball nice and i used to race skiing slalom whoa cool there's not a lot of skiing in austin (laughs) (laughs) what are you talking about it's only like 100 degrees right now (laughs) it's perfect weather for snow i had no idea some sloping hills yeah even that stuff like i wasn't ever too competitive i don't know yeah. It's not me. Yeah, I'm not either. I feel like I was easily miffed like 10 years ago. <laughs> I was miffed? E- <laughs> What's that mean? Yeah. Like frustrated or let me just make sure that is the correct word. Yeah. It means annoyed. I think over over the years I've I've learned to let go of things and just kind of be like, "Oh, this is fine. This is great." Like this might, might not be perfect right now, but it doesn't have to be. I think I think when I started out, I was very uh, much a perfectionist in some things. And I had my own idea of how things should look or what they should do. And I was always fine collaborating. I loved working with people. But I feel like back then, I didn't, I didn't know yet how to pick my battles. I think I, I tried to fight for everything. And then over time, that's just been loosened up. And then I, re- I learned 
what to care about. You know, what is a deal breaker? Like, what are things that if I don't step up and say something, I've seen this before, I have a duty to say, which we should think about that, you know, and not do that for everything. (laughs) That makes sense. I think as you get older, you dig your feet in for less things. And when you do, you have more concrete reasons for it. Like, especially like you, you see a lot of younger designers, they dig their feet in because they want something to look good, but they don't necessarily have business or user goals behind those, those decisions. And so they're sort of taking things personally because of it. And it, it does become sort of like a taste or opinion based thing as opposed to something that's a lot less objective and something that like you should be able to remove yourself from your work. I think we talked about this last time about like having critique and giving critique and being able to remove when you are receiving critique to to remove yourself from from your work and realize that they're mm-hmm. separate things. That when I critique your work, I'm not critiquing you personally. I mean, I had exposure to that in art school. And that's especially like you're you're showing your art. So this is not a thing that's usable for people. There's no like, there's no objective thing happening yeah. for the most part. It's, like, oh, it's all subjective. So people critiquing your subjective art, it's kind of like you can either be like, uh, well, I don't agree with any of that, so I'm not going <laughs> to do that. Or if... In terms of art critiques, as an artist, you're just looking for feedback where the person understands what your intention is, and their feedback is to help you better reach that and communicate that intention and not completely undo everything you just did and be like, well, you should make it blue instead, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, no, it's, it's, it's not that way for a reason, and just communicate that you understand that and then if you have any other constructive feedback on how to make this better then that's 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 welcome yeah that's a really interesting thing to learn in general giving and receiving feedback it's also interesting because it like for me in my art classes in college we gave brutally honest feedback and we were able to do that because people separated themselves from their work yeah I think some of that was possible because we sort of had a smaller class and we all had an understanding and maybe I don't remember this, but maybe my teacher did a really good job of like setting expectations on how to give critique. But I just remember getting brutally honest feedback and critique on artwork and walking away being like, yeah, they're right. Or like Mm -hmm. along those lines of like, Oh, I didn't even see that or, or something like that. And not sort of like taking it really personally. And because the class was like we grew up together in in a way, like we had multiple classes over multiple years and it was the same sort of core group of people. I don't think anyone really felt like hurt personally because of it, but I could totally be wrong on that, I guess. Yeah, I don't I don't remember either. We I also had a small class too. And we had a really good relationship with each other and we would we were able to give feedback and that was really constructive and was was taken and you know, considered and and yeah, our our teacher was really good at facilitating those discussions for sure. It was really nice. And I remember leaving college, I was like, I'm, I miss having a group of people who can like critique my work <laughs> on a regular basis, which, you know, we're trying, we have a time set aside here every week to do just that for the design team here in Boston. 
just so we can get into that habit of showing work and getting feedback. And now, I mean, I, I love showing people my designs like immediately and getting feedback because I'm so, I separate myself so much from this, from that stuff. And now we're talking about other people using this thing. It's not just like, no one's going to use my painting to like achieve a goal, you know? So it's cool to be able to use research and everything to back up your designs. And over time, as a designer, you learn how to defend your decisions in a way that's thoughtful and not defensive and also open to just other. And again, I'm, I'm so much more lenient now with taking any kind of suggestion that's not going to you know, make or break something. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll make, I'll, I'll do that. That's, that sounds good. But <laughs> if it's like, we want this entire thing to be iframed into a modal so that is only great suggestion <laughs> that only appears if you click on a button three times in a row. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna push back on that. <laughs> Should we wrap this up? Yeah. Do you wanna do the yes. honors as? the last podcast in a while yes you can find show notes at tentative.fm slash 76 you can tweet at us at tentative.fm you can email us sure why not hosts at tentative.fm and you can rate us on iTunes you know thinking about your most fabulous footwear and how much you love it and whenever you wear it you feel like a million dollars so think about that feeling which is likely a five-star experience, and then rate us that on iTunes. Mm -hmm. No pressure or anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was a very lovely, lovely conversation. I enjoyed it very much. I feel like I'm still mulling over your grandma's wisdom. Oh, yeah. Just don't say you can't wait for stuff. Yeah. You're going to have to. <laughs> I can wait till November <laughs> to do another podcast with you. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I uh, I can wait too. <laughs> but I am looking forward. That's that's fine to say. I'm look. I think I'm gonna. I think she'd pass on that. She'd be like, "That's fine." That's I'm looking fine. forward to to chatting cool. again and talking more about this and everything. So, until then, uh, goodbye and um, enjoy. Goodbye. 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 That's so creepy. The good, the bad, <laughs> and the ugly. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. What are we doing Do on self-care? What's the good, the bad, and the ugly on self-care? Oof. Well, the good is... <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Tumbleweed. The good is clearly taking care of yourself. You can then be a better self, and in turn bring that out into the world and help make other people better as well so that's all really good stuff yeah what's the bad of self-care i feel like uh, it could be taken too far Woo! it's like in what direction i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this uh, hmm. maybe the bad is there's just so many hashtags for it that it dilutes the point so of self-care i guess there there are so many different ways of doing self-care and treating yourself that it's sometimes hard to figure out what works for you yeah there we that go could be bad. that's a good bad and the ugly <clears throat> the ugly is when you don't do self-care that's a good point the absence of self-care thank yeah. you then that's also bad too so the, <laughs> the no it the, can't be the, no it can't <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it's it's ugly. It's really ugly. It's really ugly. So the moral of that whole thing was find what works for you and practice some uh, some self care, especially before the holidays that are coming up around the corner. Oh, it's not crazy that far how away. fast things go. It is deep thoughts. Like I'm gonna be back here before. It's gonna you're gonna be like I swear your head's gonna spin. You're gonna be like what? It's November already. Oh my God, this is insane. And I'm going to be like, I feel like I've been away for like 10 years, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, what up, Kyle? Is this thing on? Are you also going to join like a hippie commune while you're gone? I mean, if there's a course, you know, I'm open to anything. (laughs) This podcast was brought to you by ThoughtBot. Join our team dedicated to creating products people love to use. With open positions at our studios in Boston, New York, San Francisco, Austin, London, and Raleigh, come discover a better way to work.